Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, April 16th, 2012, and it's time for 10 dozen minutes of things and some other things. And nervously shifting in chairs with Jake and Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and uh, uh, it's going to be one of those nights, isn't it, where it's hard to say Mr. Skullhead. Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and uh, Jake is not on the line yet, but soon he will be. Hello. Hello, Mr. Hello. I'd like to think that that there are people who have a Pavlovian response to the sound of the Skype ringing on our our calls, because they know that you're going to be on the air soon. Oh, yeah? So they start salivating. I mean, I have a Pavlovian response to it. I immediately get a dog boner. Ah. Knick-knack, paddywhack, give the dog a boner. I was uh, I was racing to add a feature to uh, Kingdom of Loathing, our uh, our video game. You might have heard of it uh, before before the call came in, but uh, you got started early, or played a short song, or something. I thought I thought I had a full one additional minute. Uh, I think we did start a minute early. We did. Oh man! If I had known what a crucial minute it would have been, I wouldn't have. I would have played. And a longer song. Sorry well, about I'll that. tell you what I can't stop doing is hitting uh, right click and then HR uh, when I go to uh, uh, to reload a frame. What's that Just supposed can't, to do? Can't get that Firefox keyboard shortcut uh, out of my head. Yeah. So you're still on the I Chrome? Do. Yeah, still, still using the, still using that Chrome. I guess somebody told me that Firefox has apparently had bookmark syncing for a really long time and that their bookmark syncing is somehow better because it's hard to set up and that means that uh, your information is private. It keeps the riffraff out. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I have added a feature to the clan VIP lounge, which I'm going to push out right now, uh, so that the uh, hot tub, somebody asked for this in the radio thread, uh, the hot tub now starts out with five little steam lines over it, and each time you use the hot tub, one of the steam lines goes away, so you have a visual indicator of how many is left, and also the mouse over text uh, tells you how many more times you can use it. Thanks. So, thanks, person in the radio thread who asked for that. I don't know who it was or where it happened, but uh, have you been, Mr. Skullhead? It seems like a week have has not passed. It really doesn't. Does it? Because I, <clears throat> you know, I want to have important and interesting things to say here on the radio. So I thought long and hard about what's happened in the last week, and I said, "Well, I saw the Hunger Games." Like, oh no, that was several weeks ago at this point. Uh, there's Easter. No, we've done a show since Easter. So uh, yeah. Really, all I have is I've continued to remodel my basement. That How's was that my going? that was my entire week. Uh, all the drywalls up, all the uh, mudding and taping's done. So it needs a little bit of sanding, and then it'll be ready to paint. And the floor we're gonna put in the floor this week. Then I get to cut a whole bunch of trim, which is always fun. Right now, you're just walking around on the pipes. Yeah. Well, it's concrete. Uh, it's concrete down there. What kind of floor are you putting in? Fake wood. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. I had like a an aversion to laminates until but you know it's a basement you can't put real wood down there it would just get warped and ridiculous so it's fake is it gonna leak no matter what is that your contention no it's just that <clears throat> it gets damper down there than in the rest of the house <clears throat> I can't put a damper on how damp it gets mm, okay 
Can you put Pampers on it to soak up some of that blue liquid that might pour in from the broken and seriously <laughs> fucked up plumbing? <clears throat> well, we do have a water park on one side of us and a tidy bowl plant on the other side of us. Oh. And I, no matter how much I prune back the tidy bowl plant, it just spews blue liquid everywhere. Neat. Um, so what, what yeah. have you been up to? I've been up to jack and shit. Oh, uh, well, I had uh, I had a, a week uh, where I guess I worked on stuff, and then um, we went. Uh, Selden had a birthday party the other night, so a bunch of a uh, bunch of people, bunch of pals and buddies, and the local KOL crowd came out to uh, dinner with him at a Chinese place that also sold uh, served tiki drinks, and uh, uh, that was Saturday, you? and that proved to be the downfall of the entirety of Sunday. I am beginning to think uh, that uh, tiki drinks have a problem with me. Uh-huh. Any any night that involves any number of tiki drinks, even if that number is one, uh, just it, it ends up being a night that lasts all through the next day. Uh. You know, in in the sense of me being extremely hungover. Uh, we found a cool thing actually. Um, so we tried to go uh, before this uh, before dinner. We thought we'd go have some ice cream because uh, it was backwards day. Uh, really, I was just pretending to be Jeff Bridges in Starman, and right. I wanted my apple pie first because it's delicious. Uh, so we tried to go to this ice cream place, but the ice cream place closes on Saturdays at five p.m. Uh, to which we were like, "F that!" Yeah. So we're like, oh, "Let's wander around and see what we can see." And what we saw was that apparently uh, Monsterland, which is that place that's right next door to the venue where we have KOLCon, or where we've had it the last couple of years, and where it is this year, uh, which we never really understood what that place was. It seemed like maybe it was like a special effects studio with monsters in it, or a place that made monsters for other purposes. Or a haunted house kind of right, thing. Right. Except I don't remember if it was open as a haunted house last year. Uh, there were people there. It was it was in operation as something. But it uh, apparently they've decided that it's a bar. Huh. Uh, so you walk in and it is the typical like a lot of hallway in a small amount of space sort of winding path that you go through with fake uh, rocks. And then you emerge into a place that's decorated like a like a crypt uh, and is just a bar. And it's awesome. It has spookily themed food. Uh, it actually does. Um, no, I know uh, it does. I, I, I saw wish, the picture on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I wish that there was more. Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah, that was the only thing on the menu that was actually spooky. They have bat wings <laughs> with buffalo demon sauce oh and my. something else. I forgot. Um, yeah, esophageal blisters. I don't know. Uh, but there were skeletons uh, all over every surface, which is a thing that I can definitely get behind. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's an outdoor smoking patio. And I don't know. I, I think that if this place stays in business, that I might have found a new bar to go to. Are you going to start That's dressing weird. like a goth? I don't think so. Right. I don't think so. It's got, uh, it's, got a, it's got a good selection of waitresses. There's every type of girl. Uh, uh, as my girlfriend pointed out, there's girl next door girl. Fancy girl, uh, hair up, Rosie the Riveter style girl. So rock and those are the, girl? those are the three types of girls that she's aware of. Right. Um, but yeah, there's no televisions anywhere in the place. The one thing we, we got everybody to go back there after the Chinese restaurant excursion, which was maybe ten o'clock on a Saturday, and it got pretty clubby. Uh huh. Um, which yeah, you know, it doesn't really matter. That it's clubby inside if you're outside, yeah, right. 
there's you know. So you're yeah, just looking know. for a place to sit and smoke your cigars. Yeah, I, I I'm always I'm always on the lookout. We you know, our buddy Patrick and I we occasionally decide that this happens over over the years many times. Uh, we decide, God damn it, we need to find a better bar because pranksters just keeps piling more and more TVs in the outside areas and keeps just like not understanding that it's a dive and thinking that it is the same sports bar at night that it is during the day even though nobody that is a regular there at night gives a shit about sports or having 9,000 huge screen TVs that are all right. in various states of disrepair and just more of a distraction than an entertainment huh. uh, but and then so an entirely new crowd has moved in there because uh, the clubhouse the venue at which we had the very first uh, KOL Con concert that right. we put on um, you know, which was, it was kind of a dump and difficult to work with. And so we were like, yeah, let's not go with them again. So we got a second venue the second year and another venue after that and, and, uh, and all that. Uh, they had some sort of a crazy shootout there. Uh-huh. And so that place and the little like sports pub that was next door to it closed down as a result of that. I don't think that it was as a result of the shooting I think it was something else that came to light as a result of the increased scrutiny brought on by the shooting. Um, So all the people who typically drank at that bar have started drinking at Pranksters now. And they're not, they're not bad people. They're not like dangerous people, but they're not, they're they're, like, they'll sit around talking about like car stereos a lot. You know, it's like a guy talking about how he invested $1,500 $1,500 in a really sweet car stereo. Uh-oh. And then some other people saying like, I don't know if that I don't know if investment is the right way to think about that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And then being, you know not, no, it's like didn't nobody was drunk enough for that to turn into a real argument <laughs> but um and also nobody was invested enough in the conversation to really uh, bring any enthusiasm to the table but I don't know you know, we, we keep trying to find other places and we will find a place that's like, ah, well, this place has a patio, but all they have on tap is Coors Light. You know, this right. place is a good bar, but the patio is just like a single folding chair on the sidewalk in the front of the strip mall huh. or whatever. And, you know, there's just there's nothing there's nothing that's just like a solid C plus in every area the way that Pranksters is. Uh-huh. Uh, but. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx this place staying in business by saying that it's awesome. It there's all this cool shit that keeps opening in downtown Mesa, and then it keeps not really standing the test of time. What it's not standing is the test of feasibility as a business. Mm. I think like that steampunk boutique, right? You know, and there's the, a cool comic the shop little... that just opened that doesn't seem like they've ever sold a single item, as near as I can tell. Wasn't there also the little uh, movie theater? Yeah, the movie theater that that was like just. Di- I I think that what you're supposed to do. I mean, I, I. It's hard for me to talk. I don't really have a leg to stand on because I did not. The fact that I have been running a successful business for many years does not mean that I know the first fucking thing about starting a business. Right. You know, because I just very much don't. But. My understanding is that you're supposed to have, if you're a business that relies on like people knowing about it and coming in and giving you money to do stuff, you're supposed to get a loan for the amount of money that it costs to get all set up and then operate for like a year or two. 
without being profitable, right? Because it takes a while for you to build up a customer base unless, you know, unless you have like a scheme, right? Unless you have some other customer base that you can reliably transition over to where you're going or cannibalize or whatever. But like seeing these places opening and then shutting down after four months, it just seems like it was poorly conceived. Like if your plan relied on you becoming profitable as a really specialty niche retail boutique within the first four months, then, like, whoever was in charge of looking at your plan and deciding whether or not to give you some money shouldn't have. It's like, okay, and we have three months in which we need to become outrageously successful. Yeah. Or we're fucked. So, like, or we're fucked shouldn't really be part of your business plan either, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you know... I don't know. I mean, people people do this stuff where they're like, I've wanted to do this for my entire life. I'm fed up with my job. You know, I'm like, you know, maybe I'm a woman in my late 30s. This seems to happen a lot. Or like a guy in my late 40s. I'm, I'm fed up. It's now or never. I got to do this thing. So I'm just going to put all the chips out and see what happens. And then more, more often than not, what happens is that it fails because most, you know, most things like that fail. Like if you're just like selling stuff to people... The, the amount of money that you can make I I have a, such a hard time figuring out how anybody can justify trying to start a thing where you're like making cups of coffee and selling it to guys because it is so difficult to get people to pay enough money for a cup of coffee that you have a prayer of even breaking even I do think of that a lot at places like a coffee shop or you know, a dollar store or uh, a comic shop. Like, if you're paying a guy ten bucks an hour or eight to sit there and work your cash register and you're paying your rent on your storefront and all that shit, how many comic books are you going to sell in a day to even break even? It's just baffling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, especially when it almost never makes sense from the end user's perspective to buy something at retail. Yeah. You know, if it's not... I mean, that, so this steampunk store, you could go in and look at stuff. But, like, you know, steampunk is cool, and a lot of people on the internet would be like, oh, yeah, this store is awesome. But, like, you know, like I said, it's pretty niche. It seems like the things like that that are successful are the things that are opened by somebody who already made a bunch of money doing something else so they could afford to operate at a significant loss for the years that it takes right. to develop like a good enough mail order business to stay open or they're also selling stuff online or something which you know maybe those people were but I don't know the movie theater was cool you know and we went there about as many times as you could be expected to go to a movie theater in in a month or two yeah and you're someone who <clears throat> Can go, who will go to the movies more often than, like, your 9 to 5 Joe with a kid. Yeah. So, I'm sure you gave it your best shot. I mean, I went there twice, right? Which is not, like, a lot of times. But I went there twice. I would have bought popcorn if they had had popcorn. Right. I don't remember if they had popcorn or not. <laughs> um, I certainly would have bought coffee from them if they had had coffee. And I sure as shit would have bought beer from them if they would had beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a little... Uh, you know... I would have gone to more movies there if they had chairs. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, I don't know, man. 
uh, you know, in a lot of their overhead, like it, there was the guy who just brought uh, like a DVD in and played, you know, Back to the Future on a DVD, <laughs> like, uh, which has now moved to the other shitty art theater that moved in. This one's depressing. The one that's uh, we went and saw Indie Game the movie there. They they opened um, uh, an indie theater in an old theater that was shut down, right? And like the escalator broke, and they just didn't fix it. So there's just like an escalator that's walled off. Uh, you know, they didn't just make and, it temporarily stairs. No, I don't know. It's uh, maybe they're that somebody started fixing it, but then they ran out of money to pay him. The theaters aren't numbered; they're named after after sponsors. So this is this one is playing in Bookman's. This one is playing in the New Times. And I kind of want to start a business called The Theater Across the Street and sponsor one of their theaters <laughs> just to confuse people. Man, so I'm having this, uh, I'm having one of these days, really one of these evenings, because this only started when I got home. Uh, I was sitting out on the couch uh, on my little patio doing some stuff, and I felt something on my leg, and I looked down, and there was a spider on me. Uh, so now there are just spiders all over me and there will be until I sleep and sort of reboot that little spider recognition subsystem. <laughs> you get that? You get that where you feel a spider on you and then suddenly you just are like, oh, fuck. What if this is one of those moments where I'm just covered with spiders? Have you ever had one of those moments? No. I, I have had a moment where uh, there I've suddenly realized that there were maybe 30 ants on me. Mm-hmm. You I know, if a that, bunch yeah. of them, if a bunch of them made it up my shoe while I wasn't paying attention or something. Yeah. Or uh, if somebody has rolled you in honey and buried you in an anthill. Yeah, that's You do hard. live in Arizona. You can't, really, you can't even really check. Yeah. And they cut off your eyelids and suspend you in a cage in direct sunlight. Yeah. Did you ever read any of the Larry McMurtry books? Uh, nope. Like a, like a Lonesome Dove or anything in the Lonesome Dove series? They're really good. Apparently they're for women, uh, is what people told me when they saw me reading them. I thought they were the, like, hard, scrabble, western, like, super manly things. They are, but they're really character-driven. Oh, wow. Which, which is why I think a lot of people will dismiss them as, as books. Were. I mean, like, McMurtry also wrote Terms of Endearment. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he, like, he seems to be an author that is popular with the ladies. Uh, you know, we're a video game company that's popular with the ladies. Maybe yeah. it just proves that he's super cool, doesn't give a fuck about anything. All he wants is to make a good story. With compelling characters like Clancy. That's what we all want to do. Make everything with compelling characters like Clancy. Yep. I'm trying to think if I did anything else. I I, I think that I did not. Uh, apart from being covered with spiders uh, and going to that bar. We, uh, we talked to them. I talked to the owner while I was there. I really didn't want to talk to the owner. I asked the waitress. I was pretty pretty well in my cups. I was like, hey, can you get me, like, a card uh, so that I can talk to the owner later about maybe doing an event here? And she was like, I'll introduce you to him right now. And I was like, no, maybe that. She's like, too late. Here he is. <laughs> so I'm like, ugh, cool. So now I'm real drunk talking to this guy about this thing that we do next door every year. And we were thinking that, like, hey, maybe you guys already have that. Maybe since you already have a stage set up that we could maybe try to put on the concert here instead of over there. And it was like... I don't know. I don't remember a lot of the conversation. But it seemed like he was interested. So we'll have to see. 
At the very least, could, everyone you know, even if we had to pay to them a significant a significant amount of money, if it was a less significant amount of money than it costs for us to rent all of the stage uh-huh. and equipment, which is you know it's it's not like crazy, but it's it's considerable. That also uh, would mean that you wouldn't have to be breaking it down and at two in the morning. Yep, that's the other thing. I mean, we could probably get away with closing up. I mean, we all we could definitely get away with closing up at midnight, if not like ten. If for the most part everybody went over to the show, uh-huh. um, you know the, there there are some the the concerns were like what do we do about the normal crowd you know because it's on a Saturday night and the does it need to be divided up for eighteen and over versus twenty one and over which it does for our scene you know and and all that okay. you know but it's a thing uh, possibility you know it, provided the place is still open come September. It's a thing to think about. Right. I feel like you're getting closer and closer to being able to have a really fun Saturday night again. If we're not doing a, a LARP on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I need to I need to just bounce back to somewhere in the middle, you know? Yeah. No, like, catatonic drunk, but no just irritated, anxious, exhausted, sober. Yep. Hot stuff continues to contend that we're not supposed to be having fun at this thing because we're the ones working to put it on. And I say, but all the work to put it on, all the hard stuff is supposed to happen beforehand. Once it's actually running, we're supposed to enjoy it. And he was like, man, you don't actually go to these things, do you? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, there's always little, there's always little fires to put out. But, you know, all of this stuff that we've been doing for so long now, we're getting better and better at it. And it's not, it's not easy, but it's not nearly as complicated as it used to be. Yeah. You know, we've had to deal with stuff. We know how to deal with stuff. You know, we have our own truck now, so that simplifies things. Yeah. We, we know where to get the things that we need as opposed to having to, like, just scramble at the last minute to find somewhere to buy a keg of beer and find somebody to somebody to serve it and card people and whatever. Like, we're, we're real event planners. Yep. Who would have known that when you started your video game company, you would end up being event planner? Yeah. Event planner man. Oh, I can be also be event planner. I think you should put some events over here. Yeah. I think that it would be good for you to release your feelings probably alone in your room. Okay. Yeah. Of event planner. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, unless unless you were particularly adroit at turning your feelings into, say, a goth industrial song. Then maybe you could vent them into a microphone oh, with yeah. some guys with a drum machine. Yeah. So I could teach that to, like, Marilyn Manson. Ah, man. I was reading... Uh, I'm reading this book. Uh, slowly getting through it. I, I read a bunch while I was in San Francisco, and then I came back here, and I put the book somewhere where I didn't see it every day, and so I just sort of have read five pages in the last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, but it's the, this book uh, about the history of id software, uh, and I just got to I just got to Columbine and all of that nonsense. All right, so you were. It's the one that you said is written kind of poorly, but is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's a good you know, it's a good story. It's a story that's interesting to me at least. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's written by somebody who's not very good at word. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's it's a book with an extremely limited audience, and maybe they don't care so much. I I, uh, I finished uh, the one thing I managed to do in spite of my headache yesterday was play uh, the end of Mass Effect 3 
Mm-hmm. Got to got to see that ending. Everybody on the internet is so happy about. Was there rage? Did did you enjoy it, or did you think it was rage worthy? Well, so I enjoyed the game uh, quite a bit. I mean, I, I certainly had complaints about the game, but they were mostly like user interface complaints. Um, you know, the 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 world that they make in all of these games is is pretty compelling. The backstory is cool. Uh, the ending was real stupid, and I can understand why people are so upset about it. Um, it so somebody who is really invested in the story arc of a just epic, sweeping video game like this that has spanned, you know, five five years now and probably, at minimum, say, 70, 80 hours of gameplay uh-huh. across the three games, the, the resolution is, is, is pretty dumb and it's not I I wonder what it is about people that lets them take the story of a computer game as written seriously enough that a bad or dumb or dissatisfying ending really ruins the whole thing for them Uh you know it's Somebody in a... I, I spent more time reading about people's reactions to this. And, like, the, you know, there's been a bunch of stuff in this sort of mainstream gaming press written about, you know, these are the ways in which I think you could legitimately say that this ending fails. And these are the, these are the complaints that are maybe not so reasonable. And, you know, maybe don't, uh, don't file a suit with the Better Business Bureau against them for false advertising, for right. instance. Maybe that's fucking stupid. And a waste of everyone's time. But... You know, there's a lot of sweeping epic stories that end on a real dumb note. Like, Neil Stevenson, pretty bad at ending things. Stephen King, by and large, pretty bad at ending things. Right. I still enjoyed the the ending of The Dark Tower more than pretty much everybody else. I think it was great. Uh, You know? Because, but partially why I think it was great is because it took very little for it to be what it needed to be in my mind, right? Because, the, and one of the guys that was writing about this, he wrote, a, he included a quote from Stephen King that I think was was from his little thing about 30 pages from the end of the Dark Tower, the last Dark Tower book, that I think I could have done without, you know? Like him suddenly breaking the fourth wall. Oh, where he yeah. says, like, this is the end for everybody who's going to be pissed off at me, but here's the real end. Right, right. Um, but it, you know, you can't convince them that it is the journey and not the destination. No matter how many times the world proves that it is, hmm. you know. And I don't know what he, I don't know what he considers proof of that. But like, the fact that this game had a shitty ending changed absolutely nothing about my experience of playing it, except a single cutscene. Hmm. You know. And it's like, that cutscene was dumb, but it probably wasn't the dumbest cutscene. And I... You know, these things don't... The ending doesn't mean anything, really. Right? And I don't know... I don't exactly know how to articulate this. I, I think that more often than not, like a movie the more attention that they pay to how they're going to end it and how people are going to react to how it ends, the more the ending is just trite and dumb. Mm -hmm. You know? And 
I don't know. You know, so like one of the coolest game endings that I can remember is uh, the original Diablo, which it ends on a real dark note, but it ends it ends with a cutscene that implies that you picked a specific character class, which you know you, maybe you didn't. Right. Um, and and it's like when you have a story that is made up of a bunch of different branches that can really seriously change the way that things are going to play out really the only thing that you can do is the sort of fallout thing where you give a bunch of stills with a voiceover explaining what happened to various groups and various people that you interacted with as a result of your actions right the just like the the montage from the end of animal house I wonder what the first movie was to do that and i wonder what the name is in tv tropes of that section of a movie you know, just the Where they show somebody doing yeah. something, pause, give a sentence explaining what happens to them. Yeah, Bobby eventually grew up to murder 70 kids with a chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. But Fallout does that. But in a way, they're screwing themselves in a big open world RPG where they know they're going to release some expansion DLC to it. You know, it's like, oh, you did this thing where you totally destroyed the Brotherhood of Steel and after a year they they didn't exist anymore. Oh, by the way, check out this new Brotherhood of Steel DLC that we added. Uh, this happens in between what you played and what we said happened. Yeah. You know, and I can imagine them not wanting to, like, make... not wanting to make all those decisions about a world that they're still forced to work within the continuity of. Right? They don't want to... They don't want to close off every single story thread because then where do you go when it's time to develop new content for it and you know maybe the argument is well don't do DLC for the final final game people would people would be calling for their blood if they held back the actual final ending of the story for some DLC but right. from a narrative standpoint that is kind of what I would want hmm you know I mean because I don't know. Like, I think of these amazing experiences that I had playing Fallout 3 or, to a lesser extent, Fallout New Vegas and Skyrim and how the endings of the main plot lines in those games just... It wasn't, like... It wasn't a big deal. You know? Like, this is a thing. It's a cutscene that you watch and then you revert to a save before that happens and then you play the game for hours and hours and hours more deliberately avoiding triggering that cutscene. Right. You know, so that you can go experience the other stuff that the game has to offer. And it's like, I don't know, I'm one of those guys that sort of believes that Skyrim would not be any worse of a game if it didn't have a main quest line. You know, if it was just a world with a bunch of shit going on and there wasn't this overarching great threat to the world that you're the chosen one and the only one that can do anything about it. But, you know, feel free to just ignore it for 20 hours while you pick flowers and shit. Right. You know, I mean, which one of those is dumber, right? Like a video game with no giant world-eating nemesis or the typical actual gameplay narrative that just doesn't make any fucking sense at all and is not the kind of thing that anyone would do confronted with that situation. Yeah. Although... What do you, yeah, what do you at, think? At what, I mean, at what how, point does the... At some point, you have to just give something to the tropes of the of the genre. Like, to make a video game possible, where you do get to do a bunch of stuff, 
but you also, if you're the kind of person who would like a little structure to your game, you have this overarching structure, you can you can kind of give it give that to them and it seems weird to have a bunch of people go yeah but why am i just fucking around picking flowers when i could be saving the world and that becomes one of those like what's the deal with airplane food kind of thing yeah it's kind of like when people complain about well look when i kill a frat boy in the kingdom he's wearing his entire outfit why can't i get the entire outfit off him well sure you know. sure no yeah, because yeah, you're, there are, you're, you're there are right ways that, that. The, there are what do you call it the the layers of abstraction that make the game possible right right you know you don't like you don't have to go to the bathroom right yeah. and it's like oh that's really uh, how, how is it that this guy even plays for 30 hours without going to the bathroom much less the weeks that theoretically pass in the day night cycle of the game but it's you know there are just there are certain things uh, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be, like, big dragons for you to kill and stuff. I'm just saying that I would be, I would have been just as happy with Skyrim if there had not been a single overarching thing, right? Like, if you go to a town and it's like, oh, fuck, a dragon, and then you're, there's this big, epic, world-sweeping thing that triggers when you get to that town that you have to start doing to save this particular town, right? That can be just as epic and just as big a thing if there's also you know sea monsters attacking another town and uh, you know demons coming up out of the ground in the dwarf mine town or whatever and you can still have the same number of big set pieces it's just that the things that are interesting to me about these games is the smaller stories and i the larger story is just a thing that is like a nagging thing it's like ah man right somebody just mentioned this thing that i'm supposed to be doing you know and it's like well i'm nervous about advancing the main quest line because i don't want to get to the point where it's like oh well the advancement of the main quest line causes this village that you started out in to get destroyed and eliminates a bunch of side quests or whatever and they're usually pretty good about not doing that but in in trying to maintain the kind of gameplay that people enjoy and that people have demonstrated that they enjoy they're forced to like they're forced to create these worlds in which yep there's a dire threat and there are dragons killing everybody and the world is about to be destroyed but like not really you know like Uh really nothing is going to happen if you don't deal with it and so it can't you can't do things like wipe out the town you know Fallout 3 was pretty ballsy in that regard but in a way, it kind of failed because there's the city that there's the city that's built up around the like, you know, undetonated atomic warhead, and you can either go there and you can defuse it, or you can ignore it, you can defuse it, or you can obey the summons of the like sort of evil industrialist and detonate it and blow up the town. And theoretically, the place where you live, if you don't save the town, is supposed to be another quest hub. But the way that it turned out there were one-tenth as many quests written for that area as for the town that you could save, right? So if you wanted to get the most out of the game, if you wanted to see the most of what was in there, it really wasn't a choice. Right. You just you couldn't do the drastic thing. And, and uh, yeah, I don't know. There were... I, <clears throat> I read a thing on um, Skyrim about... 
how it was possible <clears throat> to get things all kind of crazy out of order and make this central quest line not make any sense. Like, a dude managed to hop his way up to a castle in the sky <clears throat> and found somebody up there and killed him. And then later, when he went into the village, they said, you should totally go to the castle in the sky and kill this dude. That he had ar- And he had already completed the quest without yeah. knowing it was a quest, without having any of the backstory. So, yeah. It's I mean, tricky. so you either you either go the Rav Costa route and you, you design a world like Ultima Online or whatever where nothing that you do has any impact at all, right? right? Because there can't be... A, like, if you, if you decide, all right, this is a world so you can just kill anyone in it, right? Uh, then you have to not have there be any quest logic that's going to break if you kill somebody instead of fixing their shutters, you know? Yeah. And so you you just end up with this goofy shit if you try to simulate it to that extent. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I... I don't think that there is, like, a perfect way for a big open-world RPG to be, but I think it's okay if some of them are more story-driven than others... You know, and I like I personally would have liked Skyrim more, I think, if instead of the main overarching quest, there had been like three more guilds that you could join or three more organizations that you could that you could help out in a series of four or five quests where you did interesting and different things. And then more things like like the vaults in Fallout tend to have a lot of a lot of uh, like creative love poured into them. And the the Daedra quests in Skyrim, same thing. And those are the things that I remember. Like, the things that were cool and different, not the things where it's like, oh man, that guy was way bigger than that other guy that I killed because he was the main boss. Hmm. You know? It's the, the things where they say, this is important. The, you know, this this is the climactic battle, are, are less memorable and less cool than a thing... That you're suddenly like, whoa! What? Where the fuck am I? What is going on here? This is amazing. You know, and it's just some like, oh, you've been mind controlled by some evil god, and that like now this house that you're in is on fire, but not really. You know, like <clears throat> I I would play a game that was nothing but a series of of disconnected and interesting things, but I think that's that's probably just a risk that they're not going to take. Right. Because people want the big overarching storyline to complain about. Yeah, and it's <clears throat> do they can they give you what they want, what you want, and give them what they want at the same time? Like not so much. Well, I mean, they they can. I think they just can't give either of us as much of what we want as we want. Right. You know, I mean, Skyrim kept me busy for a hundred hours, and Fallout Fallout Three. You know, there was. There was so much of the shit that I love, which is just like, oh, okay, I found like a tricycle factory, and this is actually like, this is a building that is like what a tricycle factory would be like, and when you read the email on the terminals that are still operational, there's like stuff about, you know, like, oh man, the tricycle security robots were starting to go kind of nuts, and then when you go into the, you go into the place where the tricycle security robots are, they're like, ah, fuck you, we're gonna kill you, and then you gotta kill them, and it's like, ah, sweet. I just totally cleared out this tricycle factory, which didn't have any reason to be there other than, you know, somebody thought it would be funny if there was a tricycle factory overrun by insane robots. Huh. You know, and, and it's just... 
I don't know. It's the kind of details that I really like are fairly cheap to add from a development standpoint, but they're not a thing that a lot of people feel is that important. I think it's hard to it's hard to justify in a board meeting. Hmm. Yeah. So you you need to become the change that you want to see in the world. Oh yeah, you I got to write that game. I hope to be. So what we're gonna do is do away with the main quest arc of KOL. And we're going to add some tricycle factories. I mean, I think we lampshaded enough. You know, we're like, yeah, go do this whenever. Right. right? I mean, it's not like... Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's That's a good question. Like, do do I practice what I preach in, in terms of KOL? I would like it if there was tons and tons of shit to find, but I don't... You know, KOL is different than a world where you have to go out of your way to poke around and find a new place to get into. Hmm. You know? So, you know, I don't want Seaside Town to be five times as big as it is and contain 30 houses that have individual subquests in them. You know, I mean, it, it's cool. I, I like it when there is something like the Uncle P's maps that, that comes up as a venue for adding content without adding complexity. Right. Um, but, you know, we... Yeah, I don't know. We just don't... That never seems like the right thing to work on. And I don't know why. You know, in an ideal world... And I mean, in a, in a way, this is kind of happening. We we build the set of tools where you or Riff could just have an idea for a thing that could happen, and then you just do it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you don't have to write code, and you don't have to, you know, and then and then maybe there's a there's a little bit of balance work that's done, and the art gets done, and then it's a and then it's a thing. Like if there was if there were places to just put in little things that you could go do, I think that would be really cool and a good use of our time. But we have a hard time not blowing everything out to a larger scale than it was the last time we did it. Right. And that's why Uncle P's failed eventually. Yeah, I mean, it just got to be a thing that took up too much of my time. Yeah. And it just, it wouldn't have to be... Yeah, I don't know, man. Because, like, you know, the, the, the kegger in the woods didn't set the world on fire, but it was the right amount of work for one of those. Right. And it was an amount of work that we could do every month. You know? But then it's like... For, for every one of those, there's going to be three Vanya's castles where it's like, ah, oh, man, we can take this one step further. Ah, oh, man, it's like, I hate to I hate to put a joke about this in there without putting a joke about this in there because it's just like, you know, we can, always, we can always figure out a way to work something in. That's like the sort of, the, the curse of working almost entirely in non sequiturs. Right. And, and, and the, the curse of never running out of sort of nonsensical connections between concepts in our brains. Right. You know, like our random word association chains would never end and would never loop back on themselves. Like we are people who could just sit and do that forever. And yeah, I mean, it's a matter of reining it in, you know, it's. Yeah. And it's also that the design space of the kingdom is kind of small so like we can do this cool thing but then what's the end result of it it's going to be something that makes runs faster it's going to be a better food or a better spleen or a better something so we get kind of stuck I think that's how we end up with something like the game grid 
where we just like okay this is just a set of mini games that is very tangentially connected to KOL and the yep. the joy of it is going to be in the process was and it, I think that was pretty successful yeah was it Armac that said he felt like KOL, KOL had just become a platform for mini games which I think that's fine like Alice's yeah, Army for, I mean, for as long as Alice's Army lasted that was be. that was cool he also he also described the mall as a mini game, which I think I think his his contention relied on the sort of mistaken categorization of a play style as a mini game, right? Well, in, there were in some ways, because there are only a handful of actual mini games in KOL. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, uh, it just proves that we're trying. Mm-hmm new things yeah I'm curious I'm curious I, I always wonder you know what what is the best bang for our buck in terms of like content development and how many people are going to have fun as a result of the hours that we put into something right you know and I don't know that we're the best judge of that I know that the forums are certainly not the best judge of that yeah, but I don't know who is. You know, I don't. I don't know where. I, I mean, that's the right. You know, that's the burden that we carry is that we just have to keep figuring it out all the time, and deciding what to do. And you know, we, the, like we don't like to fail at it. So there's there's an incentive to be good at our jobs, like an intrinsic incentive to be good at our jobs. Right. Yeah. I I mean I think the general strategy is keep making a lot of promises and don't deliver. That's what we should do, yes. Yeah. The C. How about that C, everybody? Uh, hey, how about some radio bugbear questions? In Ooh, fact. Radio bugbear questions? Yeah. I didn't even have that window entire, open. I didn't know we were going to need it. Radio. There's also a huge, uh, a huge radio thread this time. Uh, it's getting all... And I mean, I guess this always happens because there is one day in between... The recordings of the Monday and the Thursday show now. Yeah. Uh, the Reaper says, "Why does Bob Racecar have a ketchup hound, but Racecar Bob does not? Is there any chance you could put a cap on finding Mister Alarm? I just had to spend something like fifteen or sixteen adventures fighting scientists to get to him." Uh, yeah, that's the kind of thing that. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, if I were to put a cap in there, it would probably be something like fifteen or sixteen. So uh, I don't know. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know why Bob Racecar has a ketchup hound, but Racecar Bob does not. It's not, you don't need a ketchup hound to do anything important, do you? Just the pagoda. Which you don't have to do, do you? No. Okay. Uh, Rage Neely says, Oh, there's no special message for going into the cape-shaped arena. Cake-shaped arena? The cape-shaped arena <laughs> with Clancy? Should there have been an Easter egg there? Uh, Rage Neely seems disappointed that there's not. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. You know, there's a lot of... There are always also an infinite number of in-jokes that we could write in something, and they have to be pretty compelling to get over that, like, this is worth doing hump. Right. Because we would just never stop. Quamper says, Glass of warm water, funniest chat effect ever? Staff second funniest? I have not seen the staff a lot. I, don't I, haven't, know how to... I haven't seen it in action. 
Pobblebunk says, why five turns working for Bart? Why not X turns? I was also surprised to see that Bart will hire people who are falling down drunk. I've had waitresses like that. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't like that in the state that I live in, um, uh, that you, you can't drink while you're working at a bar. Yeah. So I'm, I am going to be the change that I want to see in the world, and I am letting people work at a bar while they're drunk. Man, there, uh, there was a thing on Boing Boing. Uh, a couple days ago about some some article that was an analysis of whether Arizona or Kentucky Tennessee or maybe it was Tennessee is the most backwards state and I thought the example that they gave of a law that was trying to be passed in Arizona I thought was kind of funny because I wasn't exactly sure what kind of outrage it was going to prompt but it was it was a law stating that you weren't allowed to get an abortion without formally declaring that you were not aborting the child because of its race uh-huh which it how <laughs> like how are you supposed to feel about that as an enlightened person right. like no no i firmly support a woman's choice to do whatever she wants with her own body including but not limited to getting an abortion because she is a white supremacist who, who somehow accidentally got guy. pregnant by a black guy. Right. Like, wait a minute. No, no. That shouldn't be okay. I mean, so people people who are pro-choice, are they just totally cool with the widespread practice of, like, aborting female babies in China? Yeah, totally. Because that seems like the kind of thing that you're not supposed to be cool with. But uh, I, mean, I would say that like, anybody, anybody that's pro-choice is not pro-abortion. Like I'm pro-choice, I would much prefer it if no abortions ever happened. I just don't think that anybody has the right to say, "Okay, female, you are knocked up. You are no longer your own property." Right. We get to say what happens to you until you have this baby. And the, the way, like looking at some of the ridiculous laws that have been passed in the past couple of months only shows what happens when you try to regulate that like well having a miscarriage is okay but we need to investigate every miscarriage now to make sure it wasn't like a triggered miscarriage that was actually an abortion like you have to count whether you're pregnant or not from the date of your the last day of your last period which is two weeks before you can even get pregnant yeah it's ridiculous you know what what is weird to me is that when when the city of Mesa wanted to build a, a, a new baseball stadium, a new minor league baseball stadium, they put that to a vote, and I got to go vote whether I thought it was a good idea or not. But when the state wants to do this crazy shit, that they just do that, yeah, like what is the deciding factor in which things have to be put up for a public vote and and what's not i mean do they think that something like that abortion law i mean th- wh- wh- we got to vote on whether or not you could smoke in bars right you know I- I- in the state but not not just some crazy bullshit that just comes out of nowhere and is clearly crazy bullshit right. like I, I don't understand what the protocol is that leaves some sort of rational safety net in place. I mean, I guess if you said, if you put up any anti-abortion law, 
any law that made it a bigger pain in the ass to get an abortion or put additional restrictions on it or whatever, you are just guaranteed that it's going to pass a popular vote in Arizona. Sure. Right, because only the old Mormons vote. And, you know, but I mean, do they just get to decide, oh, it's a foregone conclusion, or it doesn't happen to be a, a state election year. I mean, I don't necessarily want the legislature to be held up from doing good because they have to wait for a time when people are going out to vote for right. things. Like, there's right? no I point mean, in having a legislature if you are going to put everything to popular vote. Right. But it, but it does seem like the things that are that are put to a popular vote are just selected kind of at random. Yeah. You know, and none of the things none of the things that have made Arizona just the laughing stock of the the liberal enlightened population of the internet were put to a popular vote. I don't know that any of them would have changed if they had been. The thing that irks me about passing laws like this is it's obviously a like it's a reaction to what they think is going on on a national scale it's a way of saying like well fuck the president just wants you to be able to have an abortion like in a Starbucks if you want to so we gotta make sure that we're not gonna allow that in our state which is a way of whipping people up into a frenzy for the general election and it's just obviously like this is not going to stand. This is not going to solve anything. This is not going to make anybody's life even a little bit better. This is not what you are there to do. So to me, it's more like... I'm not outraged that some idiot thinks that a woman should have to have something shoved up her twat against her will before she has an abortion. I'm outraged that they're wasting time on this bullshit instead yeah. of trying to fix things. But yeah. I guess like the the political will of the nation is not make things better it's make sure that nobody does things i don't want them doing well make sure that nobody does anything that i think my constituency doesn't want them doing right right i mean i can't imagine that most of the lawmakers give a quarter of a shit because i mean i this is this is probably a controversial statement but i feel like you have to be literate to be a lawmaker, uh-huh. you know, and you have to be you have to be better educated than average, and that's not to say that you can't be crazy or a genuine religious zealot, but I think that I, I don't know. I mean, that's representative government, right? Yeah, yeah. The problem but, with government I mean, is that it's voted on by the people. Mm. Oh man, that that was another thing that was like some just hot button you know another another laughing stock thing which was like a law that was either proposed or passed that said that employers were allowed to fire women if they were using birth control for reasons that the employer didn't agree with right which I don't understand because Arizona is already a state that gets criticized for being a state where you can fire people for any reason. Mm. So why did that even need to happen? I mean, I don't know what that actually changed. Because there was a national debate about assholes. birth control. 
and Arizona felt that they needed to insert themselves into that debate and pull out early so that they didn't get it pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we should get back into the, the yeah. stuff. The meat. Bulletproof says, Avatar of Batboy runs. They'd have to include Wumpus sightings. Um, did you ever pay much attention to the Weekly World News and Whatever. that kind of thing? Like, Whatever. did you ever buy one of those? I think in the course of my life, I bought three or four of them. I remember buying one uh, once to use as wrapping paper. I used to work in a place where I didn't really know anybody and I didn't... Nobody was close to my age or anything, so... When I went to get my lunch at the grocery store that was nearby, I would just buy one of those to read while I ate my lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Fineldar says, I'm not complaining about anything. I'm just curious. Jake, you often comment on how you wish you couldn't get as many turns in this game, and I know you're talking more about the upper levels of turn gen, getting 400 turns in a day, but with this in mind, why do you put things in like the peppermint patch, which give epic food on a daily basis? Well... Those things are, for someone who supports us, a source of not enough epic food to eat nothing but epic food all day, and especially not enough for it to go around and give everybody that kind of turn gen. The the things that I complain about are the extreme ease of acquisition of things that are better than a baseline should be. That's 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 where I think we've we've sort of fallen off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's not like you, you get if you if you're if you choose to do that with your semi rares, you get that all the time, right? I mean, it's like it's not that that stuff shouldn't exist; it's that it should not be so plentiful that it is trivial to acquire, or it just is like it's like less meaningful, you know? Yeah, uh, and the limits on the things where we specifically introduce it are, are, are done pretty carefully, you know, except in the case of like the stocking stuffers, that was a, that was a little bit of a misstep. Mm -hmm. I think those should have been maybe five times as expensive as they were. Uh, Glebe says, why is the orange reagent potion so weak? Plus five weapon damage compared to the others. Plus hundred percent muscle, etc." Oh boy. I don't know. We were just making shit up back when we designed those things. Because they can't all be winners. Fox says, hey, how about that Libram of Huffable Kittens? I'll get right on that. I think you meant the Hibram of Lovable Kittens. Mm. Luffable? Bulletproof says, why no bad move for Boris? I feel this would be quite the exciting experience. <sighs> I don't know how that would work. I think it would be weird. And no, no. Uh, Glebe says skill books in their own inventory section, please. I don't know that there are enough of them. Although I have been thinking lately about putting familiar larvae in their own inventory section. You know, and by lately I mean periodically over the last several years. Yeah. I don't think that there are enough skill books that that's really a thing. This game has too many items in it. Start over, make a new game. With a strict 10 items total rule. Yeah, we'll call it Express Lane, the game. Uh, Takenoko says, Can Doc Galactic sell a potion to remove beaten up? There needs to be more ways to remove that effect. Um, there yeah. are plenty of ways to remove that effect. I there would, aren't any that you can get for a trivial amount of meat. I would like that. Yeah? In the early game. Because to me, 
even if it's a like suboptimal use of meat, I would enjoy not having to like rest in the campground three times. Yeah, I think it's just it's meat that lack of meat is a bigger problem for a casual new player than being beaten up. I think. I don't know. You know, it's it's a it's a interesting debate that's going on, and I wish. I wish that in the discussions of things like that on the forum, there were more actual new people logging in, uh-huh. weighing in. Logging in and then weighing in. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know. I just don't know. Because, I mean, I feel like if you... Yeah. I would like it. There's no way to get rid of beaten up... Except for resting until you get to the airship, right? Well, there's there's like a seal clubber skill that does it. If you're you new, know. if you say like you're a new any class but seal clubber, is there something that I don't know? Yeah, I don't know. Do do none of the um, do none of the disco naps do? I guess those cure diseases. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it is. Maybe it's worth looking at looking at some other things. I just I don't know about meat, right? I think that's I think that's trading one unfun problem for another unfun problem, right? You know, because there is just there is just a real. I feel like people always complain that there is like this. Well, they don't complain. They they often talk about there just being this sort of watershed where they finally figure out how to not constantly be out of meat. Yeah. Early in their runs. It's weird I didn't feel that with Boris, though. I kept finally Ah. getting to the point where I needed to spend some meat and had plenty of it. You do need the ketchup hound uh, for the shelves in the palindrome. Palindrome. I forgot about that. Yeah, people are. See, this is the advantage of doing this show live. We should never, ever stop doing this show live. Uh, Nicodemus says, hey gang, I have an idea. You should issue a modder challenge for people to submit entries to recreate in Skyrim or Fallout or the like a living, breathing model of Spooky Raven Manor. Thoughts? Ah, oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. I immediately thought Minecraft. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. It, it is hard... It is hard in some ways to model a specific thing in Minecraft at a human scale. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah plus you'd, you'd have to figure out how to unlock the belfry yeah. so that you'd know what the interior of the belfry looks like <laughs> um, don't even care says I want a reward our car sixes will he be talking about Boris at all oh you betcha DLO underscore OLB oh man that's like a little man's face and he's got ears and sideburns uh, what is the Radio KOL about? That's about two hours. Rubicant says, Hi, a question for Scully or possibly Jick. Did you intend that Boris was gay? Seems so to me from the writing. I intended that Clancy was conflicted. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember Boris being gay. I, I wrote I wrote a poem about how Boris deflowered a lot of ladies. Guess he could have just been overcompensating. Uh, not so Kirby Cat says any hints to new zones opening soon? No. Uh, uh, uh. 
challenge path might might be exciting to you. Electric Bolter says, any news on VIP key items of the month coming up? I don't know. We keep not talking about it because uh, Mr. Skullhead keeps muting his phone during staff meetings. Yeah, I kept so asking. Every time, to, <laughs> every time he asks, we're like, keep talking about something else. And he was like, oh, why don't these guys like me anymore? That was really strange because that, that went on for at least 10 minutes. <laughs> until... I, Hot Stuff asked me a question directly and I answered it and he kept asking it. And just, <laughs> what the fuck? Am I going crazy? Uh, nope. Someday, we're just going to do that to you even when your phone's not muted. <laughs> and then act like we can hear you once you do mute it. That'd be hard to, that'd be hard to keep up, though. Yeah. Hey, we should take a me go get another beer and pee break. Mm, okay, we're gonna, we'll take a... Can you uh, answer one more question while I fill out the, the music? I'm a little bit short on music. Yes, Kuno writes, My normal hardcore no-path runs are six days, but thanks to Age of Boris, I was able to do a four-day run. Thanks for making me feel like I am good at this game. Yeah, that was what I was hoping it would do for people, is give them easier access to a tool set that is similar but more powerful to the tool set that you get by perming other skills and figuring out the way that various tricks and stuff work. Um, so that's cool. That makes me happy. That makes me happy. Jump2224 says, is the Heboulder angry? He seems angry. Should I stop poking him? You know, it's really hard to tell what kind of mood something is in if it doesn't have a mouth or any eyebrows. I mean, I, I guess it can narrow not, its eyes. He's not angry. He's just disappointed. Oh, yeah. Jesus is a girl says, hey, Jack and Skelly, just wanted to say hey, and thanks for everything. And the Reba asks, is family hot dog over? Mr. Skelly, is family hot dog over? Nothing is over! The problem is that our son got to the point where he no longer will just go to bed anywhere that we put him. What if we do the little routine? Like, we had that for two and a half years, and now it's really hard to get him to bed somewhere that's not his house. And that's that was the mechanism on which family hot dog worked. So we're, we're trying to figure it out. We'll probably start recording shows with the kids running around in the background, which, you know, verisimilitude. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's on a, a hiatus, and the hiatus will end at some point. Are you not worried about... I don't know how vulgar you get. Are you not worried about swearing in front of your kids? Fuck no. Well, yes. <laughs> I am. V- uh, Vag and his wife are not. They're not worried about swearing in front of my kids. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. All right, so I'm ready for a break. We can take cool. 15 minutes and we're back. And we're back. Hey. Squeaky chairs and all. Sweet. Here, uh, take one of these squeaky chairs and all pills. Hmm. Uh, What's that for? What? What's that? Oh yeah, for? what does it do? Makes your uh, dick bigger. Yeah, it makes your dick bigger, but it gives you fatal herpes. Hmm, that sucks. Yeah, but still, you'll have the biggest dick corpse of all. A great teacher Onizuka asks if Boris was into animals. Why would you think that? Okay, Boris's sexual proclivities, as far as I know, were entirely vanilla. You crazy bastards. And you, playing an Age of Boris run, you bring your own proclivities to the table, right? You're you. Right. Boris will stop you from doing things like reading, but whatever weird sex you want to have is fine. He was very open-minded. Ahead of his time, I feel. 
Only about sex, though. Yeah. It's like, I don't care I what do you're having wanna... sex with as long as it makes you sandwiches. I do not want to put my dick in that, but I will defend to the death <laughs> your right to do so. Uh, Lakez says, so people keep asking about playing as the avatars of Sneaky Peter Jarlsberg, but I have a better question. When do we get to play as Clancy? Look, I know he's cool, but he's cool because he's a particularly well-written supporting character. Yeah, you wouldn't want to... You don't want Clancy's elaborate backstory. You may think you do, but you don't. Mm-hmm. Emperor Destroyer says, will there be any new casino games in the future? I'm getting bored of losing all my meat to the MMG. I want to lose it to a new game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... That's a, a thing that we talk about, and uh, occasionally, as early on as what the first PAX that we went to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we we talked about, and you sort of had the initial genesis of eleven, which we eventually implemented. Yeah. I think what came out of that weekend was eleven and the sword behind inappropriate prepositions. Yeah, yeah. That was a pretty good weekend. I had uh, yeah. The problem is that we are really ambivalent about the MMG. Uh, ambivalent to disliking it and so when we think about we should add other ways for people to gamble because we are kind of nervous about the fact that they gamble anyway and we feel a little dickish when somebody with a gambling addiction fucks themselves giving us money so yeah yeah i mean we so there's no reason not to adapt the old crimbo slot machines to the new slot machines thing You know, and nobody, I think, would bemoan the loss of the other just regular zones in the casino because they're just sort of like old yeah. school nonsense. There's a couple jokes. Uh, but yeah, I don't, you know, it's not a thing that is important enough to spend any time on is always where we land. Yeah. Orangutuan says, recently started playing again after a two-year break. Have you gotten around to adding Teletubbies yet? Teletubbies? Oh, yeah, we should have the next content familiar be a Teletubby. You can look into its uh, stomach. I don't know anything about Teletubbies. Like, that was so... I feel like that was after I was anything like a kid and before I knew anybody who had any kids. That was when we were in college and people would get stoned and watch it. So, we like, we were aware that it existed, so we sat down and watched an episode once. I mean, it was kind of creepy and off-putting, but I've learned that kids don't have that. That, like, a clown to a kid is just a clown. He's not scary at all. A kiss is just a kiss? Yeah. A sigh is just a sigh. It's the fundamental things, really. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, I think that was on during that time when I was dating that girl that used to have a drug problem so she didn't let me smoke pot. Right. I also didn't really care about smoking pot then. But... Yeah, so I never got stoned to watch the Teletubbies. Yeah. I don't... I don't really see the appeal in that whole process. Getting stoned and watching something freaky? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I would... You know, I could imagine enjoying, and I have enjoyed this, get, getting stoned and... What I used to do is I would get stoned and then I would listen to some music that I liked... Uh, with uh, with like some Cthulhu, which was like a DOS precursor to Winamp's like visualization stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, that's what I would do if if I was just going to get stoned and then like just waste time on something, you know. As opposed to like I don't know, it was like get stoned and then go bowling was a thing. 
you I don't get stoned to... and do something out in public that is a challenge. I never wanted to go out of the house. <clears throat> yeah. I would play Tony Hawk or Pilot Wings. So like the first one of the first two Tony Hawks where you could had still had like ten seconds of hang time, mm-hmm. and then turn on Moon Physics or Pilot Wings. Or I would listen to Meat Puppets Forbidden Places and watch the the part of Fantasia where it's all Greek mythology. Okay. And I did that several times and it was it was pretty awesome. Synced yeah. up eerily. I think I never was stoned when I did the Dark Side of the Rainbow. Uh-huh. Um I watched Pink Floyd's The Wall, thought it was really boring, and somebody was like, No, you need to watch it stoned and then I was like, Wow, this is even more boring. Right now it's just endless. Tried to watch uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, and I got Ugh. freaked out by the elves and had to quit real early. I watched Shrek once, and that was interesting. It looked even more like that computer animation wasn't that advanced at that point, but it looked it looked like it was live action, which was strange. Hmm. Some good shit. The one thing that we did was um, in the movie The Cell. Jennifer Lopez gets stoned and watches this freaky French sci-fi cartoon from the 70s. It's about aliens who enslave humanity, like little tiny humans, and they they tie the humans' hair together and have them fight to the death and shit. And so he said, oh, dude, it would be totally sweet to get stoned and watch that. Turned out it was not sweet at all. And Mm. we had to stop. It was just, yeah, watching freaky stuff stoned was just freaky. I so I find myself uh, like I wish that I had a sort of effortless and reliable way to get marijuana that was the sort of like calm you down marijuana like the kind of marijuana that they would prescribe if medical marijuana were being given to somebody for anxiety uh-huh. right as opposed to the just crank that shit up to 12 strains that are what normal like what it seems like stoners are the most excited about all the fucking time right you know which just makes it so it's like no no okay it's always it's always such a fucking hassle because the the like once every three years when i want you know ten dollars worth of weed like no no no, i want i want like shitty weed i want weed that you would smoke and think it wasn't doing anything at all and then i want a tiny tiny amount of that please um but I like, you know, I just have it and then like go to bed. Maybe is what I would do, or like have that if I was about to, if I was done working for the day and just wanted to like play a video game or watch television or something. Right. I guess, but just do what I would normally do, not specifically seek out something to blow my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Drugs. I could basically take them or leave them. That's that's how I feel. <laughs> That's a little bit... That's not quite as strong as just say no. Yeah. Yeah. Drugs. They're really not that big of a deal. Or that cool. Do them if you want to. Or you could just get drunk and not get in trouble. Sure, yeah. (laughs) Or you could just have a nice cup of tea with your grandma. Mm, Tea is my anti-drug. Yeah. But it's mushroom tea. Ain't nobody disappointed by you drinking tea. Furtive Muffin says, what is yes and? From context, I'm guessing that it's shorthand for some trick of the radio slash podcasting trade, but I'm curious what that trick actually is. No, it's more of like an improv comedy. It's like the fundamental rule of improv comedy. 
which is that you never shoot down. T- so Tina Fey described it, I think, in her autobiography, where if you are trying to have a funny exchange with somebody and they hold out their fingers like they've got a gun and they say, stick them up, I've got a gun. You don't say, that's not a gun, it's your hand, you crazy asshole. You say, I got you that gun for Christmas. Like, you you, you always take what everybody has done and run with it as opposed to, like, cock-blocking a joke for yeah. the sake of trying to make your own joke. Like, it's just a... And, and I mean, I guess it is, in some important ways... Uh, just a useful mindset to be in for anything that you're doing with other people that's designed to be entertaining, right? right? Like, you know, it's it's a good thing to have in mind if you're doing a podcast where the goal is to, like, you know, you always want to go along with somebody's gag, even if it's stupid. Because if it's stupid, then it doesn't work. You can, like, make fun of them about it, and then that's maybe funny. And if it does work, you've been a part of it. Yeah, it's realizing that the point of entertainment is to work with everybody to get the most amount of entertainment to the person who's being entertained and not to get as much attention to yourself as possible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like both a trick for, you know, putting other people at ease and for not like grandstanding. Yeah. And it's a, it's a common rookie mistake. Like, I don't think you have to be an asshole to do it. It's just like, no, no. Hey, if I make this guy look like a dickhead on stage, then I'll get a laugh. But then where do we go from there? Yeah, because like you know, he probably had something in mind for where he was taking that, and you want to. I don't know. We we did the one of the uh, workshop things that we did at Max FunCon the first year that we went was the Casper Hauser guys, and it was just like about team creative work, and they just sort of like demonstrated. They just did this demonstration that was like they had people team up, and it was like, all right, so I want you to suggest having a birthday party for somebody and come up with something and then you talk about a reason why you shouldn't do that and then so it was like a no a yes but and a yes and and then it was like all right so we've just done this three times and the only one that actually ended up with a party possible was the yes and one right right and you know it was like yeah i don't know i think it's it's like a good those sort of rules You know, it seems like in uh, there are similarities to that kind of the the kind of established tropes of trying to teach people to do improv and like drama club warm up exercises and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's just like you got to like if what you're doing is putting yourself out there to try and be entertaining, you have got to turn off the like. Uh, you, like you can't approach it cynically, right? You can't approach it defensively, or it's not going to be any good. Right. So it's like you know, let's do like a dumb group exercise where we just say something and everybody laughs no matter what to get people out of the like self conscious mode. That's just going to freeze it up. Yeah. And I think you know, like this is something that also differentiates like a really good dungeon master from a really shitty dungeon master. Huh? How so? Well, like, you go, if somebody comes up with something that they clearly think is a good idea, you should let them do it, because that makes the story cooler. Hmm. Right? Like, you figure out a way to make it work, as opposed to saying, no, that doesn't work because the next page of this module that I bought, or the next encounter that I've painstakingly crafted, I wasn't 
planning on that being a factor in it. Right. You know, you 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 just you do it, right? It's like it's it's supposed to be collaborative storytelling. It's not like they're playing a computer game and you're the computer. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> yep. Yes, and Bulletproof says, is the astral petticoat as awesome as people say it is? Oh, it's it is glorious. Our car says Prankster's odd name for a bar. Well, get this. It's Prankster's Gar and Brill. Yeah. Isn't that hilarious? It's not a bar at all. It's a gar. I, you know what I do think? I think that if I ever get the opportunity, and I bet I do, to uh, name a bunch of uh, bars in a video game, my homage to Prankster's Gar and Brill is going to be a place called Boker's Jar. Ooh. I think that's pretty funny. Because mm. it's like a weird, it's like a weird phrase, you know. And it's, it's also, oh, haha! I get it. He's such a joker that he spoonerized it. You have to drink all of your cocktails with a spooner. No. Ah. <clears throat> uh. Boker's jar sounds like a <clears throat> like a landscape feature of some like horribly hazardous horror movie in the deep south. Like, mm-hmm. don't you kids be going up to Boker's jar? Or, or like a like some sort of like philosophical construct used to you know like Occam's razor. It's like, well, you know, Boker's jar is always. Let's it's just, better to have it's better to have liquid in a container than on than just like trying to hold it in your hands. Just, let's just right. put this whole concept in Boker's jar for a while and let it steep. <laughs> uh, now, see if we had if if this was a podcast that we named each episode, I think Boker's jar would probably be the name. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Repa says, would you be so kind as to nuke the giant fried egg from existence? No way. No way. Burger time joke. Not until we nuke all of the tower monsters from existence. Yeah. T-Virus26 says, you need to catch up on to complete the palindrome part of the level 11 quest. Yeah, we forgot about that. And got towed. They they ran told that. Martin Lawrence said, run, tell that. So they ran, told that. Ran. Uh, yeah. Wax says, please read out the poem that you wrote about Boris. No, 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 it was just one of the songs. It's already in the game. Yeah, and there's a the thing about deflowering. People were slightly upset about that, I remember. There was a slight, like, deflowering, really? deflowering women, non-consensually, no doubt. What? No, it was always consensual. Oh wow! There was only one version of that song. Yeah, no foe will left be standing, nor any damsel flowered when Boris thunders into town and wields his mighty power. Uh, the power is his dick, right? And uh, the, it's the power to have people want to engage in consensual sex with him. Yeah, absolutely. You monsters! What were you thinking? I mean, I understand that all heterosexual sex is rape on some level. Yeah, if we consider all heterosexual rape to all heterosexual intercourse to be rape, which we must. Right. I wish. I like. Do you have a link to that essay somewhere? What? Isn't that a thing that you read somewhere? I don't think so. I thought it was. I thought you were you were talking about something that you read that started with that. It was like an essay about depictions of sexuality or something like it was just it it was just like it was some like thing from some feminist publication that literally started with that i've only ever heard like back when i was a dumbass kid and listened to rush limbaugh 
him saying like, well, feminists consider all heterosexual sex to be rape. And then, but I think I think that there was a well-known essay that had that as one of its like axioms. Yeah, possibly. Uh, child says uh, ask some questions for Chicken Scully to answer on the radio in between jokes about banging each other's mothers we almost never do that anymore yeah we've come uh, to really respect each other's mothers uh, how do you feel when you create puzzles that you think are easy but turn out to be nigh impossible to dislodge the disguise a bit how do you feel about the thing with no names boss drops where the spading community has tried everything obvious and is apparently getting sick of trying to work out the mechanic and Riff's puzzle box from last April which I from, you mean that one from April 1st that you're wondering whether or not it was a joke yeah. uh, but for more interesting discussion tell us how you feel puzzles and tricksy things fit into the game at large uh, yeah, also while the removal of intrinsic items means we can't ask for Canadianity on the Mr. A would we be able to get makes you feel more Canadian on it instead yeah that's totally a thing that I can do hmm. um, you know I have come to believe that tricky puzzles belong in optional areas of the game and not in the main arc of it uh, which is why the sort of current you know, it's been current for two years now um, the, the me going through and revamping the quests it puts in slower but more obvious solutions to every problem because um, yeah I mean I, you know it's it, it's it's goofy right like there is something to be said for like assuming in an MMO that people are going to be playing it with a wiki open, but there is also something to be said for making it so you don't have to. Like it's right. definitely all right if you want to get the most out of it to need some, you know, third-party research, some help from your friends. But we shouldn't have things that are important and completely inscrutable if you don't happen to know the joke. Yeah. You know, eh, we're getting to him. Demon Llama says, would you be able to add quest notes to completed side quests during the level 12 quest? I know they're side quests, but it would be really handy for those using programs like KOL Mafia or KOL Proxy to have a persistent place to check for quest credit. It wouldn't have to be verbose, just some mention of your deeds would be super sweet. Yeah, I really wish that I, I like, I probably could do it. I think because the way the flags for those quests work is so goofy because you can like be doing them as one or the other side and it has to it kind of has to let you change in the middle that I thought since it was really tricky to give an in progress quest log note that it wasn't worth doing a you finished it quest log note but it probably should totally let you know that you have finished it because that wouldn't be that tricky I don't think uh, True Calc says, can we get a full weight volleywhelp now? I think the market has spoken on the power of the Crimbo Troll, still less than a Mr. A. Hmm. Everybody everybody hates the Crimbo Troll. It's got Carol, the ancient Yuletide Troll. That The joke is the important thing, guys. Those songs are funny, man. Socko says, now we're about two-thirds of the way through Boris's active season. Thoughts on it as a whole? General popularity and reception? Things you like about it? Things you would change if you were designing it again, etc.? Also, any teasers for the next challenge path? There'll be some new zones. Uh, the next one, we're trying something that is longer uh, than the current arc of the game. Uh, right. So we'll see how people react to that. It's probably going to be a different set of people liking it versus not liking it. Um, but I think for a lot of people who are burned out on trying to... 
because Boris lowers the bar for optimality a little bit, I imagine there are some people getting fatigued from suddenly being able to play at a level that they weren't accustomed to being able to play at. And, you know, I think having a thing where things get back to normal for a little while is going to be good for them. Uh, I don't know that there's anything that I would change about Boris if I were designing it again, because, I mean, it was like six weeks ago that, you know, I mean, I... So the one thing that I can definitely say that I've learned is that the the uh, if I do another, which I think we will, do another path-specific piece of gear, that that will probably come out the, as the first item of the month in the season rather than as the second one. Um, just because I think that would make people a little less tetchy about it. Okay. Yeah, but we'll see. Uh, not sure if this has been asked recently, says you and Helk. How much meat has passed through the MMG in total now? Wiki has a figure from 06 that says 57.2 trillion, but that's older than my baby. Um, I think that I still have that number, but I can't... Uh, it's been so long since I looked at it that I cannot immediately do the math to see what it means. So ask again later so that I will remember to look at the thing. Not bad, says, there's been some talk about reworking some seal clubber skills, and I think you mentioned you don't want to take away skills people have permed, even if they are crap. How about adding a vintage skill trainer that will still teach the older skills once you break prism? That way you can give new, less crappy skills from 1 to 13 and still let people buy and perm the skills after breaking prism. You can even bring lunch smack back for those people who want to be completionists. Yeah, that still seems... That still seems like a goofy way of doing it. Hmm. You know, I think that if I were to do Seal Clubber skills again from the ground up, they would be, by and large, similar enough to the existing ones thematically that I could get away with just changing the skills. Because that's always what we've done in the past, right? Except for the case of Lunge Smack where it got replaced. Yeah, I don't remember. Do you remember if the... When we first did the like skill overhaul, and then the skills to, the skills to fifteen was after ascension rolled, right? Mm. Yeah, because I was I rolled ascension rolled out before before we hired xenophobe and riff, and I think I had done skills up to eleven or twelve, varying by class before that so yeah lunch smack I think was the only instance of us taking away a class skill that had been permed by people uh, and we just sort of let them have it and didn't replace it with something at the low levels I don't even remember what we did there yeah I don't know I mean I, I, I agree that it is a little goofy that the seal clubber is the only class that just you know except for I guess disco bandit where there are skills that are like just this is like a better version of this other skill mm-hmm. you know but at least with those the like free rests are cumulative and that kind of thing um yeah 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 i don't know i don't know the right way to approach it while you know because it's a, it's it's got to be like a knife edge between not taking away something that's going to make people sad if it goes away and us being able to do what we want to do with it from a design standpoint, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, eh, probably just do nothing because that's the safest <laughs> and the easiest. Ernie Q says, can the Stone Temple Pirates please respond to the Pirate Insults book? I don't know. I don't, I think maybe no, because 
It's not the right. He can't talk. Huh. Uh, the dog delusion asks for a skull called lung smack. Yeah. Lung smack. Uh, would you guys ever consider making a challenge path of which the point is that it's significantly faster, one or two days, for example, and just reduce the karma reward to balance it instead of getting 150 karma for a five or six day run, getting something like 20 karma for a one day fast path run? Just a thought. Yeah, I don't know. If you also weren't getting, like, the stainless and stuff, then maybe. Bummerman says, first of all, thank you for the gallery revamp. Um, it is really weird. Azulian then also says, also thanks for the gallery revamp. It's really weird to describe that as a revamp. Because that was, like, a real subtle tweak. Yeah. I guess... It just demonstrates that the gallery was one of those things that was right on the edge of being reliably useful for a particular gameplay purpose. And so it only took a little push to put it into the territory where suddenly people who weren't using it at all are using it all the time. And so it seems like a revamp. Right. Uh, But that's not what I would consider a revamp. Slowing down. Slowing down. I used so much energy in the first hour and 51 minutes of this show, Mr. Skullhead. And we answered so many questions. I feel like like we've done a service. Yeah. Azulian says, speaking of the gnome camp, all the gate items are listed in the gnome art. Would you ever consider adding the mariachi G-string to the store? What about adding other tower items to the store, providing turn-saving incentive to choose gnomes instead of the gnolls, who can save you turns with Mikar? Um, Then people would really complain about Canada. Yeah. Uh, here's my two cents, says Jehuzduhui, uh, to meet on the topic. Although I just recently permed a lot of seal clubber skills thanks to Boris, I would be all for replacing the skills with sweet new ones. It would be really unbalanced to let people keep what they had permed and then give a new set of useful skills. Lunchmack is an exception, mainly because it's just not that good. Current set of seal clubber skills are underpowered when compared to the other classes, but still represent an unfair competitive advantage for older players if they got to keep those skills and could perm the new ones. Well, sure. I mean, I don't know that it is, and like, having the seal clubber passives permed is more than a nominal unbalanced imbalance uh, and more than a nominal imbalance I mean it is definitely a thing that people would complain about but I don't think it's a thing that would actually save a single turn off a run so in that sense I don't think it would be that big of a deal I mean what I what I imagine this would be like is like we would take the skin the two skins right Mm. and make one of them something that was somewhere in the middle of the power range but higher than either of them and let people keep that adjusted thing if it were permed and then just turn the other one into something else maybe if somebody had so like let's say we have the two skins and we make one of them into a better skin and one of them into a new combat skill that does something else what i would probably do is if people had one but not both of the skin skills permed give them the perm that was the one that stayed a skin skill and then just change the new skill to whatever the new thing is uh-huh. <clears throat> but if somebody had both of them permed they just get both of them Permed, right? I mean, it, even that might be too much work. 
you know, that it just might not be necessary. There might not be anybody who would be happier with that than, than you know, if we didn't do it. Who knows, man? Uh, I learned from the April 9th radio show transcript that there's a booze that you can only drink once in your KOL life. Apart from the sadness that there are none in the mall and it's probably incredible, plans on making once-per-day foods? Once-per-ascension foods? Uh, what are your opinions... Also, what are your opinions on players logging all of open chat? I, I already have logs of all of chat, <laughs> so... I mean... I... I don't think that it is a reasonable stance to take that you shouldn't do it right that people logging it are doing something wrong mm -hmm. uh, because I have never believed that you have any expectation of privacy for anything that you do on the internet I know people disagree with that on a philosophical level but like you know you're using a privately owned service and you're just typing things into it right and like right. we don't have we don't have a contract like we're not a doctor we're not a priest and it's like I, yeah, yeah you know yeah I don't necessarily agree that nowhere on the internet do you have privacy but certainly not a place where you're typing things for a couple hundred people to see and expecting that none of those people are going to save it and show it to somebody later we, we talked about um, because you know we log uh, dev and we log the mod channel and we talked about selling for, you know for meat uh, uh, like a clan stenographer so that your clan chat would be logged and it was like, like there were all of the sort of more social players in dev who we thought would kind of be the target audience for this were like uh, I think that's a bad idea huh. because then it's like you can't talk shit about somebody because then they later get whitelisted and they read through the logs and they see you talking shit about them it's like being able to talk about people while they're not around is not a thing that so it's not a thing that we can do in dev because dev is totally logged and you know what I have never suffered at all from not being able to talk shit about people in dev when they weren't there uh, and and so it's not a thing that I think about as having any value. Um, yeah. And now for the usual, says the gap in the plot. Tavern 2 Village, NS11 boards, you butter believe it. Well, <laughs> you butter believe it is a blast from the past. Yeah, wow. Um, anyway, I don't know about those other once per day or once per ascension foods. No, that wasn't like... This is something that we'll put in that a lot of people could end up experiencing and having. It was more, this is something for this very particular tiny group of people. Yeah, and it's fine if it gets out, you know, but it's just like a fun thing. Is that thing tradable? Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that was that was the point of the experiment. If it was an experiment, you know, I mean, it was like, oh, I'm interested to see how this goes. I mean, I think it would have been a different experiment if 30 of them had been redeemed as opposed to like five. Right. One of them is mine. So I should yeah. hand my bottle to somebody. Right I think now. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't necessarily paying attention. You know what else we could do? Uh, I don't know. So do you think of that as more a Max FunCon joke or more of a John Hodgman joke? I think it's a Max Fun Con joke. 
Okay. Fair enough. So distributing those via Hodgman huh. might be interesting. I would want... If he, were, if he were amenable. I would want it to be a different item. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, sure. yeah. Like a, a badger skeleton. <laughs> that you drink. Is it a bad? <laughs> yeah. Well, you can only eat it once per day. Right. Uh, I eat at Sonic. Hey, so do I, buddy. Uh, is it possible to add a button to Hanks that takes you back to Seaside Town right side after you've withdrawn everything? It isn't there? Hmm. I'm pretty sure there's that same link everywhere. I haven't eaten at Sonic in a long time. Ooh. Yeah. I How forgot. do you feel about Sonic? I always forget they exist. Most of their food is terrible. But I like really? all of their drink options. Oh. Boy, I, I like their burgers. Hmm. I also like Whataburger, though. There's there's that particular kind of, like, large, cheap hamburger. Hmm. It's, like, it's like different. It's not like a McDonald's hamburger, certainly, because a McDonald's hamburger is just made out of that homogenous McDonald's-flavored paste. Yeah, the Mickness. A Wendy's burger... I feel like it's closer to a, like, normal greasy spoon sort of burger like I grew up with. You know, it's, like, cheap, but it is actual food. Right. And, yeah, I don't know. Whataburger and Sonic are pretty similar in my mind. And they're, they're like, oversized, and the buns are... The buns seem cheap. The buns seem to be worse quality than, say, a McDonald's bun, and the beef seems to be less quality. Or, say, compared to Wendy's. Worse bun. Better beef? No. Worse bun, worse hamburger. Hmm. Better hamburger than McDonald's. Worse hamburger than than Wendy's. I do Dude, like I the Whataburger burger. Yeah, I I kind of think that if you gave me a Whataburger burger and a Sonic burger, I would probably not, apart from the wrapping, be able to tell you which one was which. Mm-hmm. Their tater tots are good. I mean, it's hard to fuck up tater tots if you own a deep fryer. Yeah. 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 I uh, occasionally will get the footlong Coney dog and then just invariably regret eating it. Hmm. Just immediate, immediate stomach tied in knots before I'm even done eating it. But I always finish it because it's so fucking good. <laughs> I just, I think I'm a guy that can't necessarily eat a chili dog. Yeah, it makes me a little sad. Yeah, those were the what days. are you going to I'm gonna go eat some sushi. Ooh, hey, it's that time. <clears throat> I never regret that. You get to eat some sushi and I get to go to bed. I sometimes nice. regret that. Maybe you can dream about a fish and some rice. Mm. I was at a fish, but it was also my grandma's house. Oh my god, and there was this guy and he was kinda like a dwarf and he was in the it was really weird. That's I looked how... down and my pubes were replaced with rice. That's how all dream stories have to end. It was really then Keeper weird. Sutherland said, are you enjoying your pube maggots? Your mm. pubes are maggots, Mr. Skullhead. Oh, I thought then you responded, please don't call me maggots. No. Well, it was actually Arlie Ermy. Right. Are you enjoying your pubes, maggot? Sir, yes, sir. All right. Uh, All right. Yeah. Good night, Seems everybody. Like strong note to end on? It is.